All right. Um, well, I want to share this morning, and I think most of what I want to share this morning is really some reflections or, and some meditations and some thoughts out of Matthew chapter 2. And um, in just a minute, it's only 22 verses, we'll read it, but there's kind of three sections to Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew chapter 2 um, that really take the story of Jesus's birth and kind of go to the next level. And, and so I want to talk through that today. Um, but before I do, I wanted to just um, give a couple of thoughts and, and reflections. I've been thinking a lot, as I'm sure you all have in this time, this time is rich with songs and stories and scriptures and imagery and all sorts of things that we reflect on. And um, I've, been, I've been reflecting in this time a bit on Joseph and Mary and just their story and their journey and what it must have been like and try to put myself in their shoes of what it must have been like to experience in, in saying yes to all of the different things. Mary saying yes to un, do it unto me as you've said. Yes, I'll do. And Joseph saying, yes, I'm, I'm going to take Mary as, as my wife. I'm not going to, to divorce her. So all of these, pro, these things that Mary and Joseph encounter in their saying yes to the promise, in saying yes to what the Lord wanted to do. And I want to just draw some parallels for us, hopefully today, as, as things that we can experience and things that we can walk through when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to the promise. I, I, I found some irony this week in, um, you know, I love the Christmas time of the year. Um, I love being uh, I love the music. I love everything about it. I like being um, close to friends and family and celebrating. And I was reflecting this week because this year things have not gone as I would like them to go. Things have not gone uh, according to plan. And I was thinking about Mary and Joseph and their story and how we, uh, we, we like to celebrate with being with people, friends and family. And the very story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem is almost the opposite. It's almost like them having to leave their community, leave Galilee, leave the region that they're living in, and go somewhere else. By, by nature, their journey was a lonely journey. Their process was more about being alone than it was about being with family and friends. Not just alone in the sense, think about uh, geographically being alone, right? You're not in physical proximity to people, but also socially, emotionally quite alone. Uh, this idea of, okay, sure, you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a great story. I've never heard that one before. That's a pretty alone place to be. Alone emotionally, alone relationally. Okay, Joseph, you're, not, you're buying this story. Sure, an angel appeared to you. Okay, great. That's an amazing story. Uh, all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph are in this place of physically being alone, but also relationally and emotionally and circumstantially. Man, this has never happened. So they're alone. And the other thing that we think about in this time, I think about in this time is generosity and gifts. And they're actually in a place of, of, of poverty and lack and not having. They're going to a place where they're like, we can only stay in this place that's suited for animals. They're in a place of lack. So I've taken it in a, in a weird way. I've taken comfort this week in being and at times feeling alone and being alone, both physically as well as emotionally and 
relationally. I don't know how you all have felt. At times, we don't, we often uh, get disappointed in, in these times of years where things are harder, not easier, less, less exciting and less angels we have heard on high and more of scared, fearful, alone. And I've taken a lot of comfort in God providing. You know what God provided for Mary and Joseph? God provided strangers. God provided relationships through shepherds who came. People they didn't know ahead of time, God provided relationship through strangers. What did God provide in that place? He provided provision that he set in advance. He set in motion months, maybe even years in advance for these wise men to travel, to meet, to bring provision to the family. God set in place his word and his voice but it was different. It was foreign. It was Mary and Joseph leaving the small town they grew up in, leaving the traditions and the years and years and years of how things were and how things worked to all of a sudden go on a completely new journey, find themselves in a new place. So I don't know about you, but this story has brought me a lot of comfort and hope in the midst of hard seasons, replacing perhaps expectations that we have culturally, traditionally, what are our expectations? And, and stepping in and finding the Lord, meeting us in new ways, meeting us, providing for us, protecting us, directing us, but doing it in a different way. The Lord was with Mary and Joseph in the hardship, in the fear, in the displacement they were not spared challenges, but walked with the Lord in the challenges. The Lord provided, protected, and led them. And God does that in us. When, God, when, when we walk with Jesus, whether we've been walking with Jesus for 40 years, or we've been walking with Jesus for like 40 minutes, the promises, the, the life of Christ in us, when God does something new in us, all of a sudden, it, we have the, have the presence of God with us, walking with us. But like Mary and Joseph, it can mean complete displacement and complete change and complete newness. And, and that's what I like about this story we're going to read here in a second in Matthew chapter 2, is the coming of Christ into Mary and Joseph's life made their life a lot more complicated not less complicated for, for, for us into this place. God is bringing forth his promises in us, but he's with us in the time. And Matthew two ends. So Matthew uh, starts with Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem from Galilee. And, and Luke records this, that they left Galilee, Nazareth, and came to Bethlehem. And then Matthew 2 ends it with them going back. But they walk back into Galilee, very different people than they left Galilee. They had a promised child. They had a history of God's faithfulness. They had provision from the Lord. They were now positioned in a new place, provisioned in a new place to raise the Messiah. I love this story in Matthew 2, and we're going to read it. So let's go ahead and put that up. It's 22 verses, and I thought we could just read it 
um, from top to bottom and um, just to give us context. And there's three main um, storylines in here. There's a lot of different storylines. You could go deep into this whole passage, but one storyline is the coming of the wise men or the, the professors or the astrologers or the people from afar. The second is um, the threat and response of Herod. And the third is um, the fleeing of Mary and Joseph to Egypt and then their return. So it has to do with their travels. So we'll just go through and we'll read this uh, quickly. It shouldn't take but a moment, but I want to reorient us to this part of the story. So it says Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So it was yesterday. That's why I thought it was nice to pick up here today. because It was like yesterday. He was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After the interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This was filled with the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. 
This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Sorry, it was 23 verses, not 22. Thanks, Grace. So Matthew takes in one chapter in 23 verses and details out what happens after the birth. And scholars don't know there's a debate on how old Jesus was when they return back to Galilee. It's as young as two, as old as 10. There's kind of this range of how long did it take? How much time did they spend in Egypt? But I like this story because it speaks about a lot of the complexity of life that Mary and Joseph had to face. We can sp- we focus a lot of time on like the miraculous birth and what happens um, in Jesus coming and what this means and re- receiving the promise. And we don't realize the larger story. In fact, there's only one chapter here. And then after that, we kind of jump uh, we yada, yada, yada. We just jump uh, ages. We jump decades. We, we kind of just jump over a bunch of different things. And we don't realize what uh, Mary and Joseph must have experienced. What does it look like having received the promised Messiah, having received Jesus? For us, what does it look like having received Jesus? We spend so much of our lives walking with Jesus, walking with the promise, walking with the Messiah. And I want to I want to highlight three things that jump out that jumped out at me in this passage for us today. Three pictures that I think Matthew 2 gives us. One is that the Lord provides provision for Mary and Joseph. He provides provision and he provides it from strangers. The second is the Lord provides protection. Protection from the government that's wanting to kill them, protection in a place to go. And the third thing that the Lord provides in this story is direction, how to navigate life, how to move around, what to do. I was thinking for all of us, I don't know about you, in my life, I've seen the Lord as a provider. I've seen the Lord as a protector. I've seen the Lord as a director, as a leader, as giving direction. And in my years of walking with the Lord, I don't think those things, I've never not needed the Lord. It's not a one-time event. I've never not needed the Lord to be my provider, to be my protector, and to give me direction. Imagine this family, Mary and Joseph, they're from Galilee. Joseph's a carpenter, probably generations of, of a certain way of life, a certain way of making a living, a predictable occupation, a way of getting by. But now they've got this baby Jesus and they can't, they're not even living where they normally live. They're in another city where the baby was born and probably stayed there, could have been there for up to two years. If you think about the Herod wanting to kill all the babies two years and younger, gives us a little bit of insight that perhaps their time, maybe they had no money to go back to Galilee. Maybe they had to stay in Bethlehem so Joseph could work. Joseph perhaps was practicing his trade in a new place. And then all of a sudden, these wise men arrive from foreign lands, and they bring them major gifts. A lot of scholars think that these gifts, this gold, this frankincense, this myrrh, was what they used to live on. It would have been very expensive, potentially, to travel to Egypt 
to have to move around? How, how are they going to survive if he can't be in a place and be a carpenter and do his trade? They're coming. This, this coming of these wise men, not only does it trigger provision, but it also triggers all of a sudden they're on the radar. They're on the map. When they show up in Jerusalem, remember when the shepherds show up and they see the baby in the manger and they're thinking about the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. When the wise men show up in Jerusalem, they're saying, we're looking for the king. We're looking for the king of the Jews. Man, all of a sudden that triggered a whole lev different level of response. All of a sudden, there's an awareness on the scene of who Jesus is, this King of the Jews. And it was a massive fear of disrupting what was. Herod disrupting his power. The people of Jerusalem, it says that Jerusalem was afraid too. You would think they would be excited, like, oh my goodness, the Messiah has come. But all of a sudden, they realize this is going to create a lot of problems. This is going to create a change to the status quo. I wonder if you remember later in Jesus's life when he healed some people and he's like, please don't go tell anybody. I wonder if, if he had in mind what happened when the wise men outed him to Jerusalem. I wonder if he had in mind this idea that, man, perhaps this publicity thing isn't the best thing. Perhaps it's going to trigger a whole bunch of resistance and response that we hadn't thought of. I think sometimes we can be fast to want popularity and want visibility and want fame and don't realize the resistance perhaps that came. So God comes and he comes to this place and as he comes and he comes as a provider. And I think I was thinking about his provision being both financial as well as relational. He comes and he provides relationships in this new town. The three gifts that come, uh, scholars will say that gold represents, were meant to identify his kingship, his royalty. Frankincense was meant to identify his deity, this idea of, of him being God. And myrrh representing Jesus' humanity, something that is used in burial ceremonies. It's used to recognize someone's um, bodies being prepared for burial. But this provision that God brought, the wise men that God brought to Mary and Joseph and to Jesus, this provision affirmed Jesus's identity. It funded their trip to Egypt and back again, potentially. And this provision was prepared well in advance for them. It was prepared ahead of time. They had to leave their towns in the east and tra travel. And this provision is coming along and it's traveling along and it's going to catch up with them just the right time. I was thinking about a story in our family um, that it took, um, the, the Lord hid, hid some money from my parents for about 25 or 30 years. Because I think they knew that, uh, the Lord knew that they would probably spend it earlier than they should. And I remember about 10 years ago, um, them going onto that state of Utah site and finding that they had um, funds there. And it was, it was a quite substantial amount of funds from a business endeavor my dad had been a part of in the 80s and didn't even know that he had received this inheritance. 
And that funding came 30 years later, the Lord had hit it to reveal it at the time that they needed. And I love that. I love, I love how the Lord is going to provide for us, maybe not in ways that we think. He might hide it for 30 years and un- unveil it. He might start the journey when the baby's just being born and know that by the time the baby's two years old or one and a half, the provision needs to come. But we see in this story of God providing for Mary and Joseph and God providing financially. And I also believe God was providing relationally, but maybe not in ways they thought. Relationally in a new town, relationally from shepherds, relationally in a different way. So we see in this story of Jesus, God's provision for Mary and Joseph. And I, I'm reminded in my life and I'm reminded in my story, in my journey, that the Lord will provide for me. The Lord will provide for you. The second thing we see in this story that I wanted to draw out was God's protection of this family. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, there was now a threat to the political status quo. The wise men show up in Jerusalem and ask, where can we find this new king of the Jews? It stirred up major fear. It's interesting that these different parties called out a different identity in Jesus, isn't it? The shepherds identify Jesus as the lamb. Simeon and Anna, when Jesus is presented to them, they're like, we've been waiting for the Messiah. And the wise men show up and they're like, where's the king? All of these different parties that we see calling out these different aspects of Jesus's identity. But now they have a target on their back. Now there's a threat. Now they have to, now things have been disrupted. Now things change and it puts them on the run. It puts them on the run. I was thinking about this. They, um, they ran as political refugees to Egypt. And the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He's speaking to Joseph, flee, run. The Lord is protecting the promise, protecting the Messiah. And I got thinking about, well, what were alternatives that could have happened? I think the Lord sometimes takes us to new places in order to protect us. But they could have done something different. They could have said, well, let's, let's form a coalition and, and show people that this is the Messiah and let's stay here. They could have um, tried to come up with other ways to protect Jesus in the environment. They could have done things differently. And, you know, eventually Jesus goes into Jerusalem. Eventually Jesus dies in Jerusalem. Eventually that happens. But that wasn't the timing. The Lord takes them away. He says, run away, go to a different place. How the Lord wants to protect us. Sometimes he's going to take us through things. Sometimes he's going to just take us around things. Sometimes he's going to take us and and say, no, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to have you run this time. (laughs) I'm going to have you flee this time. I'm going to have you go somewhere else, do something different. We saw that throughout all of the book of Acts. You see at times the believers being displaced by persecution. Sometimes they stayed in Jerusalem. Sometimes Antioch um, was, was inundated with believers who were fleeing persecution. The Lord is protecting his people. And sometimes he protects us in a place. And sometimes he calls us to move 
to a different place. The Lord was their protector. The Lord is my protector. The Lord is our protector. As we abide with Jesus on our journey of faith, we oftentimes need protection. We need real protection at times. Protection physically, protection financially, protection relationally. And the Lord comes and walks with us. The third thing that I wanted to bring us as an encouragement today was direction. The Lord provides direction each step of the way for Mary and Joseph. And they're out of their element. They're doing something they've never done before. And, and we thought a virgin conceiving a child, um, all of that was out of the ordinary, which it was and is and still is. But what do they do? How do they move? How do they respond to Herod's threats? How do they respond when Herod dies? At each step of the way, the Lord is providing direction to them. And the same is for us. As we receive Jesus and walk in the provision and protection of the Lord, he will give us direction. When do we move? When do we stay? Where do we go? How do we move? I was, I'm friends with someone uh, on social media um, who's, I think, walked with the Lord 40 or 50 years, uh, was, has moved away from here, but was a part of this church back when I first moved here in 1990. And I saw her post the other day, and I just want to read this. She said, at the beginning of this year, just posted this a few weeks ago, at the beginning of this year, I dreamed of spending Thanksgiving and Christmas in our new home in a new city. God had a different plan, and it took months to unfold, but I understand now. My dream wasn't God's plan for us. I still have twinges of, if only, going in my heart. Everyone has a dream. Some work out. The point is, never stop dreaming. The process is as important as the dream itself. I love how this person who's walked with the Lord for decades and decades and decades is still dreaming about what's next. It had a vision in mind of how it was going to be. And it didn't unfold that way. <laughs> how about you? How is your vision of what your life is like and how things have gone in the last months and years? How has it unfolded in ways that Man, if only it could be different. But Mary and Joseph, man, if they, they started down a path of change after change after change after change, but the Lord was with them. Mary and Joseph were blazing new trails than from how they were raised. They were thrust into a completely new world than they were born into. Not only did Jesus transform their lives completely, they had to learn to follow God in new ways too. Sometimes the Lord will take us out of our current environment to develop our relationship with him before we go back. They eventually end up back. Mary and Joseph end up back in Nazareth, back where they started. But they, were, they weren't the same people when they set out. They didn't have the same story. They, they had heard the voice of God. They'd seen the provision of God. They'd seen the protection of God. And man, when they arrive back in Nazareth, we then don't hear much after that. We don't hear much after that for 20 years. We don't hear much of that. But I got to believe that the Lord had equipped them as a family, it equipped them as a husband and wife, equipped them to know how to nurture and steward Jesus in their home. 
Jesus in their lives. I think for us today, as in our walks with Jesus, he's going to take us and has taken us and wants to take us to new places, establish new relationships, experience new provision, encounter brand new dangers and fears. I love that Joseph is not rebuked for being afraid. He just gets another dream. The angel just shows up and says, don't be afraid and gives him another dream. He was afraid. The Lord is our provision, our protection, and our direction. And I like when I read what Mary and Joseph must have experienced in their lives. Man, they experienced loneliness. In their circumstances, loneliness in their relationships, loneliness in their physical location. They experienced poverty. How do they care for and steward the promise? Lord, you've given us this promise. You've given us the Messiah to care for. How are we supposed to do this? Danger and fear. Herod, Herod had a target on their back so much that they didn't even want to come back until he was dead. And displacement. They were displaced from their community. They have a child in a distant town. They run away to Egypt, and then they return to Nazareth on the run. How about for you? How about for me? How do you feel? Have you experienced loneliness, lack, poverty, fear, danger, displacement? I have. And in the midst of this, we see the constant presence of God. We see the Lord constantly walking with his people in every place and in every way. In the hardship, through the hardship, around the hardship, fleeing the hardship, however it was, the Lord was with them. As I was thinking about the new year, as I was thinking about what's next for us, I believe for me and hopefully for you, man, I want to, I want to believe and I want to trust and I want to hope and know and walk with the God that provides and protects and directs us. I want the Lord to fill, take our loneliness and he might fill it with strangers. I want the Lord to take places of lack and fill it with provision. And that provision may come from places we don't expect. I want the Lord to protect and preserve my life and the promises that the Lord has for my life and your life and our community. The Lord wants to protect us. How is God going to reposition me and direct me in new ways? I don't think there's easy, easy paths. There's not the easy path. There's the path that, that the Lord wants to walk with us on, wants to lead us through, wants to take us through. So for us, I want to pray for us and dismiss us today, but I want to, perhaps there's areas in which you specifically want to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to know you more as a provider. I need protection. I need direction. What is it? The Lord wants to come in your place 
of displacement, your place of fear, your place of lack, your place of loneliness. And the Lord wants to be with us in that place and walk with us in that place. Are we willing to be Joseph's and Mary's who walk new roads, experience new things, endure hardships so that Christ can be fully revealed in us? That's what they were doing is they were carrying the promise. They were carrying the Messiah to see the life of Christ. And they were stewarding that as parents. They were stewarding the Messiah and seeing the glory of the Lord come to fruition. And in us, the Lord is the author, perfecter, author, and finisher of our faith. What he started in us, he will complete. And he's going to walk with us. Amen. Amen. So I want to pray for us and we'll close today. God, we thank you so much that we see in, in this story of Mary and Joseph and Jesus, we see you providing for them. We see you protecting them and we see you leading them and directing them. And Lord, we say that we come as your people today, as, as those who we've received the promise of Jesus, we want to walk with Jesus. We see Jesus as our Messiah, as the lamb, as the king. And in Christ, we have life. In Christ, we're new creations. And Lord, in that, in our walking with you, Jesus, we walk to new places and hard places, places of lack places of danger, new places, and you're with us. Lord, would you go with us? Would you go with us into this new year? Would you go with us into these new places? Lord, would we experience you like never before? It's not like the traditions of old. It's not like we're used to. It's not like before. But Lord, you're there, and you're going to lead us. You're going to guide us. You're going to protect us and you're going to provide for us. So we just declare this morning, we set our hearts on you and places we're fearful like Joseph, Lord, would you come and bring a dream? Lord, in places where you're asking us to move and challenging us to, to go to a new place, give us courage. Lord, in places of loneliness, would you allow us to welcome the stranger and see the new things that you have? Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've experienced everything we've experienced. And we can approach you with boldness, that we can find strength in our time of need. We bless you today, Lord. We thank you for who you are and thank you for the hope that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.